Anytime. See what if she ever goes home. Hey, hey, hey. You two love birds down there. When you finish with your lesbian love act, I can sure say I'll use some goddamn warm up here. Please. Excuse me, duty calls. Hey, Sarah, you reckon Mr. Atchison minds you comping all those people up there? He said I was comping them. I know what you're doing. You're stealing his fucking money. Those, those freebies, they add up, girl. Well, thank you, Krusty, looking out for my job security. Now, you're a real sweetheart. Yeah, you crazy bitch, you burn me! You burn the hell out of me, oh. God! Damn. You know, I'd be happy to comp that for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you comp everybody else. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's a Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. I am Carrie Claypool Lambert. That's my guess this episode. I knew you're going to jump in and say it before me anyway, so I figured I'd let you. I know the drill. You know the drill. And this episode's movie... Children of the Corn, Runaway, from 2018. This will be an interesting uh, thought experiment is not the right word, but I am someone who, now that I've watched this one and I just watched the 2020 remake or whatever it is for my October Spectacular this year, have now seen all 11 Children of the Corn movies. This is your one and only one. Yes. This so, is it. <laughs> so we're, we're, we had probably very different experiences watching this film. I know there were a number of times you were like, so wait, who's what now? Mm-hmm. Is this, because it doesn't do a tremendous job of explaining everything because this is the 10th one you watched, probably, except not yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of, I felt some holes that I didn't really know what was actually happening it's i don't think it's very good standalone well here's the thing because you have my frame of reference is comparing this to all the other children of the corn movies your Mm -hmm. frame of reference for this is just comparing it to movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) true so i i will i will say this i think this is if not the best children of the corn movie one of the best Children of the corn because the first one it's fine. It's a cheesy 80s movie. I think the people remember it better than it actually is. Mm. And then everyone after that is straight trash <laughs> of some varying degree. Whereas this actually is like fairly well written. Mm-hmm. I think very well performed yes. for the most part. Yes. The end. I, the ending doesn't make a lick of no. fucking sense. No, <laughs> we'll get there. but. Everything before that, I, I I don't know. I think this might be the best short of the corn, and that's not like a super high bar to clear. But and as far as movies go, it was interesting, and I think it was put together fine. But it doesn't, for a second, make you think, oh, there's 10 more of these, I should watch them. No. <laughs> you know, I could see if maybe there was one or two beforehand that might be interesting, but... Knowing that there's 10 others to watch, it's kind of, no. No. No, there's one that came out in theater, and I think the rest were all straight to video. Uh, They're all, yeah, all pretty terrible, except the first one is, like, fine. Mm-hmm. 
the 2020 or well it wasn't released till 2023 but the remake or whatever that just came out recently is also not good Mm. that's full of some really terrible performances and some really bad cgi and which this didn't have no no like no cgi like at all you know there was a lot of pretty good a lot of good um i don't know what the word is suspense and a story behind it that you kind of wanted to know okay why is this happening well it is at least direct maybe written and directed but i think so but definitely directed by a guy named John Gulliger, who won the first project, Greenlight. And he made the trilogy of Feast films. He made Piranha 3 D. So, you know, kind of an up and down filmography. But, and he's the son of Clue Gulliger, Gulager, I don't know how to say it, who was in Return of the Living Dead. He was one of the teachers, or I think, on Nightmare on Elm Street. Two, uh, and plays the cranky old rude bastard at the restaurant in here mm-hmm. and he was also he was a stable of like 70s 60s and 70s television like that guy was like everywhere so he put his dad in the movie that's nice that was nice yes but yeah during the corn runway I, th- I also feel and i think i probably mentioned this at the end of last episode that like you can stop saying stephen king's i think they have now like i don't know if there's legal reasons that you have to say based on the Stephen like Stephen King shorts, but they aren't. Like the first one kind of sort of is. Everyone after that has less and less and less to do with anything Stephen King ever wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if it's for legal reasons you have to continue putting Stephen King's shirt in the corn or if they just like that name recognition and he can't stop them. I don't know. Maybe at this point he's just like whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> when the when the lawnmower man came out, that movie he like I will sue your asses off if you don't take my name off of this because it has <laughs> nothing to do. His story, his short story, The Lawnmower Man, is about a literally a guy who kills people with a lawnmower and like eats grass because he's maybe a satyr or something. It's a weird story. But it has nothing to do with VR and all the crazy shit that that movie is about. It literally was just, we're going to take the name of a Stephen King story because he's hot, you know, mm. and make some money off it. And he was like, the fuck you are. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Interesting. But that's the only time he's been like, no, 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 no. Otherwise, he's been pretty like, whatever. It is what it is. Maybe he's aged into like, I'm a billionaire. Who gives a shit? Like, whatever. <laughs> you know? Maybe. And he still does the cool thing. He has his, it's called the Dollar Club or something like that, where any of his, like, his novels, those go for like big bucks movie rights to big studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. But any of his short stories, if you come to him with like, Here's my pitch. I've got to, like, you know, he will sell you the rights to any of his short stories for a dollar. That's cool. So that up and coming filmmakers can, like, just go make a Stephen King short story movie. Like, that's that's pretty dope. That is cool. Because he doesn't need any more money. (laughs) He's he's got plenty. He has enough money. He's probably, at this point, probably literally sold more books than God. Like, he might Mm -hmm. have outsold the Bible at this point, perhaps. He's got to be close anyway. So. He's doing fine. Don't worry about Stephen King. Anyway, Tour of the Corn, Runaway. Starts with a bit of flashback with pregnant Ruth is escaping the Tour of the Corn cult. And yeah, it kind of just throws you into it. It doesn't stop and take the time to be like, here's what happened. No. You know, that's why you were kind of like, 
hold on, who's, I know. who did what now? Yeah, and I could tell that I was stepping into something that I was not aware of anything that happened prior. So that was interesting. And they kind of, they sum it up a, a little bit just through dialogue. The basic plot of the first movie is that these kids were hearing a voice in the corn, he who walks behind the rose that they thought was God and it like led them to like kill all the grown-ups in the town and like take over. This weird little kid cult. But that's it. That's all yep. they need to explain. And there's no mention of anything that happened in any of the other shitty sequels or anything. So it is it is a pretty standalone movie, which is nice. Don't get into at all who the father of this kid is. And they never say it by name, but I'm going to get... Again, this is something you would never pick up because you've seen none of the other movies and they do not talk about it in this one. But the fact that her son at the end of the movie sort of becomes the new preacher of the kid cult mm-hmm. and like they that. were following her around like we have to get this kid mm-hmm. my guess is that the father of her kid is malachi who was like the leader of the kid cult in the mm-hmm. older movies i believe was his name that would make sense. Though, I, but but if you saw that kid, you would never imagine that kid has ever touched a boob. Oh, oh. <laughs> like <laughs> he's a creepy little twerp, like who's clearly evil just looking at him. You're like, <laughs> so I don't know. That is conjecture on my part. Who knows? But they seem really into getting this kid back. So yeah, it yeah. seemed like he was important. But yeah, we jump ahead some years. She's a grown up. Her son, Aaron, is, I don't know, he's like 13, 14, probably. Yeah. And they roll into a new town, which seems to be the thing that they do quite often. They've been on the run, like, his entire life, which is going to raise real questions for me later on. But for now, okay. They're always just trying to stay one step ahead of, apparently, the, yeah, not satisfied with being in Gatlin, Texas, maybe? Wherever the first, wherever the first movie and stuff is set that she escaped from like they're they're being pursued mm-hmm. by or at least she thinks so maybe you know we'll have to wait and see if maybe she's just paranoid but they don't have any put they're kind of just sleeping in their car and this mechanic carl who given the attitude and by attitude, I mean wild racism of some of the people in this town later in the movie. Yeah. How has he managed to stay here and run a successful enough mechanic shop that people he can, like, live? Bring their cars to and ask him to work on it when they yeah. were... When clearly there are there's at least one person in this town who does not like black people. Right. <laughs> like, it's wild. You would think they would have run him out. A long time ago. But know, for some reason, he stuck around and built up he, a nice he business. He toughed it out. And it's a, I mean, it's a small town, so he's probably not rolling in it. No. He's probably just getting by, but he probably also gets a lot of business from people who break down close, you know, nearby. Yeah. So Ruth sort of proves to him her mechanic skills by just, like, coming in and fixing a car. And, you know, because mm-hmm. she needs a job. But she also has, she constantly, she lives her life in a constant state of, like, flashback fugue states where she just, like, zones out and is seeing shit that happened a long time ago. Yeah, that was weird. It seems. And it, and it, it happens pretty constantly. So I don't know how she lives. <laughs> like, 
or that people haven't accused her of having some kind of psychological disorder. Well, she probably never stopped any lived anywhere long enough for anyone to notice. And as soon as anyone yeah. did, they probably just took off again. Yeah. But I did think it was interesting and cool that Carl the mechanic has, well, he has like a limp. He has like a bum leg. Mm-hmm. And they never, I think a lesser movie would take three minutes out of the movie to stop and have him tell the story of this is what happened to my leg. And they never, he just has a limp and they, we don't talk about it. Right. Like, there's no explanation. And that's fine. And I think that's cool. It's just, it could, that can just be part of your character. We don't need backstory and lore for every goddamn freckle on a person's face. Like, right. we get too, too into that in a lot of movies. Well, and I think then it also is, it's in, it normalizes that not everybody is going to walk around the same way. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I, I, and I never once thought, what happened to his leg? Never passed. That thought never passed through my head. I did at first just because I kept expecting, like, like any time the two of them were talking, like, oh, here it comes. Here's his monologue about what happened to his leg. And no, it never happened. I was impressed. So Ruth and Aaron are at the, the local diner, and she has one of her, yeah, sort of fugue state visions or whatever where she sees like the kids in this town come in and like slaughter all of the grown-ups like what happened back in her town of origin and snaps out of it and realizes you know oh it's just there's just kids here like nothing actually happened but she does like grab this kid that she thinks had like a sickle and he doesn't and then yeah there's an old guy or there's like this big hillbilly farmer guy is like she's crazy see what you did to that kid like get her out of here and there's a waitress who stands up for them and is like sit down and shut up mm-hmm. this waitress sarah who they befriend and then like instantly this that redneck who didn't like her gets murdered with a like a croquet mallet yeah well no she he gets knocked there's a little there's a girl there's a little girl in a yellow dress that ruth keeps seeing and like tried to talk to and she ran away this little this girl jumps down off this hayloft and clocks this redneck with a croquet mallet and then he wakes up and charges at her not knowing that she tied like wire around his neck and so he just like chokes him like kills himself like hangs himself with this wire running at her so there's this kid who's apparently killing people specifically people that have offended ruth it seems Mm -hmm. which will be important in a weird way i don't carl there's some sort of abandoned ish house (laughs) <laughs> yeah. real clear you had questions about yeah, that I had questions about the house because they didn't really explain anything about why this house is just sitting there empty for them to go live in whose house is it is it carl's is carl just keeping an eye on it it doesn't appear to have electricity no it does not have electricity carl definitely has keys to it because he lets them in yeah but he says like the old man who lived here died and the kids are too busy fighting about it to come yeah. and claim it so it's just sitting here empty but it's not he's not saying it's my dad and my like yeah so it's just appears to be a house that he knows about and has keys to somehow yeah so that i don't know what the deal is with it that it's very strange but, but he, how convenient here's a house <clears throat> yes it's a you know nice little farmhouse just i guess just on the edges of town or whatever that they can stay in instead of crashing in their car she's still having constant flashbacks where she's seeing and it's kind of cool visually it's like the murder's happening in reverse like she'll come into a room and there's a body laying in the kitchen 
and then it plays in reverse of the body like standing up and the blood spraying back into their neck and then picking up the thing they dropped like yeah that was cool and so you assume these are things she saw when she was a kid right that will turn out to not be the case she's seeing things that haven't happened yet kind of i was a little confused there's yeah like i said the ending we'll get there (laughs) she wants to get aaron enrolled in school and the principal there this lady oh that's a no-go super rude and horrible yeah because first she's like you know you don't have proof of parentage you don't have proof of address you don't have anything you know and she's trying to say like we just got into town like but i want to get my kid in school and do the right thing and the principal sends aaron out of the room and then says to ruth that like we don't like we don't want any trouble in this town and as long as you're shacking up with that colored boy mm-hmm. your kid ain't going to school here basically yeah which first off they're not shacking, they're not shacking up, up. <laughs> they're friends like but that's yeah i wish i could say that what a surprising amount of racism but well, probably not really right but it is surprising that uh, maybe this is the only racist lady in this town somehow but or at least the only one with the quote-unquote balls to vocalize it but hey. carl seems to get by in town just fine he, does. he doesn't seem maybe to have a lot of friends no he definitely is not he's kind of always just hanging out so at the shop but... yeah and yeah back at the diner there's a thing out the crusty old rude guy i played by played by clue it's either Gulager or Gulager. i don't know but the director's dad and he's yeah he's yelling at the waitress like why are you giving them free stuff you should give me free stuff i'm here all the time and he also says, like, because they're, her, Ruth and the waitress are down there just, like, talking to each other. And he's like, hey, whenever you're done with your lesbian love act, come warm up my cough. Like, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but it's so, it's such a weird, like, yeah. again, that's old, I mean, how, not to generalize, but old how, Southern white people can't get much worse than that. dare two people be friends? There must be something going on. I wrote down at this point so many flashbacks. I, at one point, I was. Like I said, gave yeah, up trying to keep it's, them. It's constant. Straight. She's it's constantly constant. seeing locusts on stuff that aren't there. She's seeing a little girl walking around who may or may not be there. She's seeing flashbacks to murders that either happened long ago or are about to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty. I don't know how she gets anything done. Yeah, and Ruth and Carl are, are hitting it off. You know, a couple single people. Everything's seen. He's kind of like come out to visit at the house. They're having a little drink. Ruth is wearing like a like a yellow sundress. And here's where I went, okay, I see what they're doing. They're setting up a cool red herring because she's wearing a yellow dress just like the little girl was. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get us to think she's imagining this little girl and she's actually killing these people. That's that, a cool red herring. Yeah, I thought that. The problem time. is that turns out to be what is happening. So it's not a red herring at all. <laughs> They're just giving away the ending in a really obvious fashion, but you don't know that till the end or something. I'm still not 100%. I'm not 100% sure on that one either. It appears that the movie is telling you at the end that she has killed these people. And every time you're seeing the little girl kill someone, it's Ruth killing someone. And we're just seeing it as a little girl so as to not give away the secret or whatever. And watching it the second time, like I do... I did try to pay close attention to like, for instance, when Carl gets killed, 
when he's we see him talking to a little girl does he ever say like all he ever says is like what are you doing here he never says you know what i mean he never says anything that would give you a clue that he's not seeing what we're seeing you know what i mean so it's written a bit cleverly that way but it doesn't if that's what's happening it doesn't make a ton of sense i still wasn't 100 (laughs) percent sure on what with what the ending was trying to tell us so i'm very interested to hear what you think when we get there because it's um, confusing yeah so ruth and carl start making out it looks like and things are getting kind of hot and heavy in the living room there's probably going to be some sex happening except that aaron is upstairs and he comes downstairs and is like oh god and runs back upstairs and ruth's like oh geez like that's not cool mm-hmm. like my kid's been doing enough about that and here's it should be made Carl is kind of portrayed from this point on as like oh this guy's an asshole yeah because at that point I started thinking what I thought he was a nice guy now it looks like he just wants sex here's the thing though I think especially having watched it twice I don't think what offends him and makes him so angry is that this kid cock blocked him because he's like hey everything's cool Aaron you can go back upstairs and he kind of like tries to get like you know get back into it and she's like no I think what makes him so angry is her kicking him out of the house because mm. she goes from like it goes from events and, and she's within her rights obviously mm. but they went from we're about to have sex to no sex is not happening because my kid is upstairs to get out of our house okay for, it's not your house no like this is where you're staying but he set you up with this he probably has more right to be here than you do you can ask him you know hey let's you know let's do this another night but she goes hard immediately and is like get the fuck out that i think is what offends him more than i thought i was gonna get laid and i didn't yeah yeah i can see that the but i only watched it once so my take was oh no he's just pissed off because there's yeah i think there's a level of disrespect there of like hey man i'm you know, like, I've been good to you. I've hooked you up with a job. I hooked you up with this house. I'm not saying it's not even that I'm expecting sex, but you kicking me out of like from a hundred to zero like that, like that's it pretty off putting. It was very weird. So I can see why he's upset about that aspect of it. So Carl does leave, and then Aaron has questions. Well, Ruth goes up to check on him, and he's not in his room. He's crawled out the window, and he's sleeping out. I. I it, which makes sense. It, this kid has grown up sleeping in the car, constantly living on the run. So he probably feels more comfortable sleeping in a car than he does in a bed. Mm-hmm. It probably feels weird to him to sleep in a bed. And there's a scene later where she comes up and he like has the window open and he's like hot and sweaty. And she's like, no, the window stays closed. And he's like, fuck, this is my room. I'm like burning up. But she, I guess, so either that he won't sneak out or no one will sneak in mm. once the window closed and that's probably even more reason he would rather just sleep in a car where he can have the window down and but yeah he asks did you love my father which was interesting what does she say i don't know i don't remember and then she, he also says do you miss having a man around yeah and she's like you're the only man in yeah, my life yeah. which is the correct you know the good answer yeah i think maybe she says it was so long ago i don't even remember or i thought something, i did yeah. or something like that but Ruth goes in to work the next day, and Carl's on the phone with an unhappy customer. 
some lady whose oil she changed, she didn't put the oil cap back on and the engine died 20 miles down the road and now he's going to have to go deal with that and he fires her. You know, how much of that is she actually fucked up? How much is he using that as an excuse because he's pissed off at her? Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Neither of them really handled it well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Bruce hits a car. He doesn't really do anything. He kind of just... She gets fired, so she goes down, she's down the street, and, like, the sound cuts out, and she's, like, screaming. And again, that it's that sort of, it feels like it's setting up this red herring of, like, oh, she's, the red herring of, like, oh, she's lost it. Like, she's, mm-hmm. you know, she has severe mental issues going on, but surely it will turn out that she's not killing these people. <laughs> right. But kind of it does. And then Carl is killed by what appears to be the girl, the... Little girl in the yellow dress. She beats him with a wrench and then impales him on a pipe. It's a pretty protracted scene. And I suppose, you know, you do have to wonder, like, okay, how... Even with his, like, leg not being great, how are you getting killed by a little kid? Yeah. Like, you're a grown-ass man. You should be able to punt this kid across the room. So Mm -hmm. that lends credence to the idea that it's not a child, actually, at all. It's Ruth. Because, yeah, when this kid comes in, he's like, what are you doing here? And then she's, like, reaching for the ranch. And he's like, what are you looking for? Which are things he could also say to Ruth because I just fired you. Why are you here? Yep. You know? Yep. So it could go either way. Ruth sees Aaron with some of the kids in town, like, tearing a goat apart out in a field. That was weird. Did that have something to do with the previous movies? Well, just that these kids are bloodthirsty little weirdos. But then Aaron, like, appeared, like comes up behind her like hey what are you doing out here and she's like i saw you know those kids and he's like i don't know what you're talking about so we don't know if she this is just more shit she's seeing that's off yeah or was this actually happening it's hard to say i'm guessing now that it actually did happen yeah i'm guessing so too judging by the ending but yeah it's fairly clever in you never knowing what's real and what's not until you do and then it kind of doesn't make much sense um and she also sees she sees little girl little yellow dress girl go into the principal's house Mm -hmm. which will be important but she doesn't do anything about it no she's not like oh no i better save that principal she's just like that's a thing i saw i thought in that moment that maybe the yellow dress girl was somehow connected to the principal and the principal had some kind of a connection to ruth that ruth couldn't remember i was just trying to put put it together and i remember that going through my head that there was a connection there because maybe the principal was had it out for Ruth or something and the little girl was working with her somehow. I don't know. I was really trying to do some mental gymnastics yeah. to figure out what was going on. That well, didn't involve Ruth being the yellow girl. Yeah. Well, because the little girl appears to only be killing people that Ruth has an issue with. Yeah. The hillbilly, Carl, this principal. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd be forgiven for thinking that, like, oh, the children of the corn have sent, they're, like, setting her up mm-hmm. and trying to make her more crazy, you know. Yeah, I was thinking something and like that. And maybe that's what happened. Can... It's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. So Ruth enlists Sarah. She's like, okay, I'm losing it, and there's this little girl in town who's killing people. I need to get my son away from here. So she enlists Sarah, the waitress. It's like, can you, like, you have a car. Can you take him away from here? 
Oh, I have one here's more where I came from. Question at this point. Sorry, okay. backtrack just a little. So all these people are suddenly dying, and I'm guessing in this little small town, they probably don't have a lot of murders very often. So how come no one is <laughs> investigating these, and how come no one is looking at Ruth and going, "No one got murdered till you came to town." What's where's the police investigation? Where's the wonder and people connecting the dots? Yeah, it, it says a lot about. The mean hillbilly that no one is noticing yeah. that he's dead. Right. <laughs> he's a solitary figure. Ruth and a customer do find Carl's body. Right. And the customer runs out and calls the police. And we do see the police rolling into town. Mm-hmm. So they're not completely right, oblivious. Right. It just was But weird. yeah, the first murder goes unnoticed. Yeah. Completely. But yeah, she's telling Sarah, like, just take Aaron away from here. Like, you're the only person I know here. You know. And Sarah's like, well, maybe you're just, like, imagining this stuff and maybe you're being paranoid. And Ruth makes a good point of, like, that's even more reason to get my son away from me. Mm-hmm. One of two things is happening. Either I'm a crazy person and I'm a danger to my son and you should remove him from, from my presence. Mm-hmm. Or I'm right and there's a killer little girl and bad shit's happening and then he should also be. So Sarah says, okay, that's fine. Or no, Sarah doesn't have a card. She's Ruth steals <laughs> That customer's car from the shop and gives it to Sarah to drive off. Mm-hmm. Which they do. Yeah, and then Ruth and the customer find Carl. So Ruth is kind of on the run. Goes back to the principal's house. Where we see her seeing that what we thought was a flashback again. But it's the person she saw murdered in her vision earlier. Who you assumed was somebody from her past, past when she was a kid. Was, was the principal. Yeah. And then you're like, whoa. That's what I... I Okay. So she wasn't having a flashback of something before. She's she was having a premonition. <laughs> or something. Or envision and because she finds, yes, the principal's dead. She's chasing the little girl around the house a little bit. Follows her upstairs to where she has another she's another vision of I guess the principal's husband or whoever, this old guy that was in bed that got his head bashed in by the little girl. And she kinda gets the little girl at the side of the bed. The little girl has a fairly distinctive blood splatter pattern on her face uh, we then cut to sarah and aaron are sitting up on the water tower and aaron's like we're not really going to such and such town are tulsa. we and tulsa yeah and sarah's like no we're not she's like well what is this now yeah but he wasn't upset about it he was just kind of so no but it seems like he's if there's something going on he's maybe in on it yeah but you also and again this is it's not super obvious because this could just be Sarah going like, I'm not driving all the way to Tulsa. This is going to blow over and we'll just, we'll just yeah. hang out yeah. away from your mom and let her figure some shit out. And we'll, you know, right. there's no reason for us to drive all the way to Oklahoma. And, and That's also, crazy. Sarah and Aaron have been spending a lot of time together. Yes. So what has she been telling him? Like, that's what I was thinking at the end. I was like, ooh, she well, was what preparing has he him been for this maybe? Telling her. Right, right. So, yeah, Ruth is in talk. She's trying to talk to the girl, the little, why is this so hard to say? The little girl in the yellow dress who has never said a word in the movie, I don't believe. I just refer to her as yellow in my notes. I think I just call her yellow dress girl. But she like vanishes and now Sarah or Ruth, sorry, Ruth has that same sort of splatter pattern on her face Mm -hmm. because she has killed the old man. And I was like, she killed the principal. And so the thing that I assumed was a red herring, because that can't be what's actually happening, because it's dumb <laughs> and obvious, is what is actually happening, apparently. Yeah. 
But there's another twist yet to come because now Sarah the waitress appears in the house mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, your son is like, has never read the Bible. That's fucked up given where you come from. And it's weird that you're still using your biblical name and not your. So Sarah knows her. Mm-hmm. Sarah is one of the original shirt of the corn. Here's where this falls apart for me. Okay. Let's say the children of the corn have been chasing her hither and yon around the country for the Mm -hmm. last 13 years or whatever. I've never managed to catch up to her. But they have managed to plant Sarah in this town and who's lived there long enough to become the waitress, the well-known waitress at this diner who all the customers know. It's not like she just rolled into town too. She's been there a while. Do they have a waitress set up in every small town in hopes that sooner or later... Ruth and Aaron are going to roll into that town. Who knows? Or maybe they have premonitions. Maybe there was some kind of uh, foretelling. <laughs> maybe. In their I don't know weird where that falls thing. in the children of the corn lore. I can't remember. Well, all I, I don't know movies, the lore. I know. But I thought maybe this is what's happening. It's just, it's pretty unbelievable that right. they would have her this embedded yeah. for so long in the town on the off chance that they roll into this town. And then stay there. And They've never exactly. stayed anywhere. How do they know? Why here? Yeah. So that's pretty dumb. But, yeah. And Sarah's... Well, Sarah has brought Aaron to the house. And Sarah's like, look, Aaron, this is what your mom is. Like, she's covered in blood, you know. And Ruth is trying to talk to Aaron and tell him, like... Don't listen to her. She's one of them. We got to go. Like, whatever you do, just, you know, stay away from her. And then Aaron stabs Ruth through. And this, I've, I've said it on the show before. I, you don't get it enough in movies, but I love it when you get it. Somebody getting stabbed up through the bottom of their chin. So when they open their mouth, you can see the knife in their mouth. I love it. No matter how many times I see it. And it's in here. That was instant Plus one star for this turned, on this movie for me. I know you don't like it, but I love that shit. I'm glad you love it. I do not. <laughs> but yeah, so her son, Ruth's son, stabs her in the stomach and up through the, the <laughs> up chin. through her chin, and she stumbles outside and dies. She goes out into the field. Yes, which I thought was very fitting. Not a cornfield, just a, a field. just a field, yeah. an empty field. There's no it's, corn around here. They're probably very specifically choosing towns that do not have cornfields to go to, which maybe helps narrow it down for Sarah and whoever else. I still think it's very silly that it was Sarah's like stationed here waiting. <laughs> yeah, and I was still trying to piece it all together at the end because it wasn't definitive. Hey, this is exactly what happened. There were still lots of questions. Yeah, and also if if Sarah is still a crazy killer child of the corn person just because she's turned like okay she's turned away from your religion and wants something to do with it but if she is still a psychopath who's killing people while she's in weird fugue states you could still like how is she your enemy she's still kind of one of you yeah <laughs> like, yeah i don't know why true. but i guess what they really want is aaron and she would never give them aaron right it's just weird that the hero of our movie is the person who's doing the killing but is not the villain of the movie right sarah's the villain of the movie right but ruth is the one who's killing people that's fucking strange yeah it is strange. <laughs> interesting and strange. i appreciate that it wasn't typical and normal 
there's definitely more thought put into this than definitely. any of the other Charm Corn movies, which oh, is right. why I contend that this might this is probably the best one. I wouldn't know about even past no even Charm the issues Corn. that I have with it. Um, yeah, and then we see that Aaron is sort of the new Cult Sarah has installed Aaron as like a child preacher in this town, and he's converting all the kids in this town now, even though there's no cornfields, I guess, to. I repeat the cycle and start over, you know. Carry on with their Carry cult-iness. the cult on here. Yeah. And that's short of the cord runaway. Did birthday. I miss anything? Well, you missed some stuff at the very beginning. Oh, what do you got? When they were in the hotel. I talk so much. The hotel and um, the sex scene. Like, I and I wasn't sure if it was a sexual assault next door. No, there was a uh, a prostitute, a sex worker that they could hear That's, through the wall yeah. and then she like stumble out of the room she's drunk or high or whatever she is and whacks her nose on their window and aaron's like staring at her and then she like takes <laughs> she rubs blood from her nose and like slaps it on the window it's like fuck you kids stop staring at me yeah that's all that was that was weird but it didn't yeah it didn't really have much to do anything other than show sort of the squalor that they are constantly living in when they're on the run yeah yeah, they probably roll into town, make just enough money doing something so that they can afford a couple of hotel stops along the way and gas. And then Take roll shower, on out to the next. Watch some TV. But it doesn't seem like Ruth knew, like, there's some, like, she's just paranoid. Like, they have to be coming after me, right? Right. And it's is it because she knows her kid especially to I don't know. Yeah. She's just trying to stay one step ahead of them. Because there's no scene of, like... Her saying, like, oh, the reason I left in the first place is because they wanted to take my kid. Mm-hmm. They, like, they, she just got out of there because she didn't want to be <laughs> the killer of all adults anymore. But. Like, she was trying to keep her son from that. Yeah. But you don't know if it's general paranoia or if she knows specifically, like, oh, someone's always hot on their tail. But she didn't know it was Sarah. No. So. But how would you? No, you So, like wouldn't. I said, it, wouldn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense that Sarah is clearly been stayed in in this town long enough that like all the locals know her like so i don't know how that all comes together but that's show of the corn runaway if you're gonna watch a turn of the corn movie i would say watch the first one and this one and you're good you don't need to watch any of the other ones they are uniformly a waste of your fucking time kind of like yeah because there was i did a run a couple years like i think right before I moved in with you, like back the last days of my bachelor apartment living. I would go on these streaks where like, okay, this week I'm watching every Puppet Master movie. This week I'm watching every Children of the Corn movie. This week I'm watching every Hellraiser movie. And those three examples specifically are all like the first one or two are good and then just stop. Mm. Because (laughs) like the last good Puppet Master is the third one and then it's all shit from there. And then, like, Hellraiser, the first two are good, the third one's fun, and then all of the straight-to-video ones are garbage. Just like Children of the Corn. Mm. So, yeah. No reason for it to be a beloved... I don't think it is a beloved franchise, but they certainly keep coming back to it. Yeah. Over the course of... I mean, like I said, there's been 11 of them, counting a a TV movie remake of the first one. There's been 11 of these things over the course of... 40 years hmm. which is a lot there are much more deserving franchises that don't have 11 movies so yeah anyways 
Well, I won't be watching the rest, so. Nah, you don't need to. You're you're doing just fine. Okay. It is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next episode's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be. Pressing the magic button right now. Next week's movie is Frenemies from 2012. What is this? Looks it must be a Disney original movie. It's a Disney Channel original. Oh, okay. It's one of the uh, it's Zendaya and Bella Thorne. Oh, back before when they were just uh, Disney Channel kids. Yeah, when they were little babies. No, when they were like, I don't know what, 14. Well, no 20, 2012, so 11 years ago. Yeah, probably like 12 mm-hmm. or 13 year old Zendaya and Bella Thorne. Frenemies. See, I vaguely remember seeing commercials for this. My kids would have been prime age for Disney tween movies. So, Well, I'm certainly not prime age for it now. Nope. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I cannot imagine... I am the target audience for this film. That's that's happened before. We've had some Disney slash Nickelodeon original films before. They turned out to be fun which episodes. Mostly turned out okay. Yeah. I've certainly episodes. watched worse things. So we'll see how this goes. Frenemies. Disney Channel or Disney Plus Frenemies. That's your homework, everybody. I'm not bothering with socials this time. I never do nah, with you. It's all good. Yeah. We don't need any of that. Nah, I never get on Twitter anymore anyway. That's right. And you called it by the correct name. Yeah, I'm, what else are you supposed to call it? Oh, it's called X now. No, no, no. no, no. Bullshit. It's no. Twitter. It's forever it's Twitter. Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk can suck a bag of dicks. My favorite social media platform. Anyhow. Yeah, the show's on TikTok and Twitter and TikTok's Slasher. Fun too. You can find it. Look it up. Yeah. You can hear it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Probably a bunch of other ones. There's a bunch of them. Those are the two big ones. Those are the two big ones. Now the Stitcher's gone. Sad. Very sad. Anywho, that'll do it for this week. Bye-bye. Bye.